Back in 1522, a man by the name of Ignatius of Loyola, living over in Spain, was going through a conversion experience. He was, prior to this time, mostly an irreligious man, but was now seeking the Lord. And during this time, he spent a few months leaving society and going and living in a cave, living like a hermit. And during this time, he began to grow very close to the Lord through prayer and developing these spiritual exercises. It had a transformative effect on his life, and he would begin sharing this experience and teaching others to do the same. This uh, is... This is a retreat of sorts. He was reclaiming this ancient tradition of the church that had, in many ways, been lost. This tradition of leaving society for a time to go away, to be with the Lord, to grow closer to him. He used this very successfully, very well, for, to build up the kingdom. Ignatius did. He gathered together others who he began leading through this, this retreat experience, these, these spiritual exercises. In fact, it was so successful that by the time of his death in 1556, he had led many thousands of people through these, this retreat experience, including over 5,000 men who had joined him, joined this Society of Jesus, as it would come to be called, who, men who had, because of this retreat experience, this transformative experience, had taken vows of, of poverty and celibacy and obedience and could therefore be deployed all over the world for purposes of the kingdom of God. Such was the transformative experience of going away on retreats, of practicing these spiritual exercises. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the power of going away to encounter the Lord. In our gospel reading today, we have a great example of this. Here's our Lord calling three of his disciples up into the mountain with him, where they had this transformative experience. Our Lord is transformed before them. Moses and Elijah appear there. This would forever mark them. And in, in this is of Matthew 17. And then we have uh, our first reading from Genesis chapter 12. Here is the Lord calling to Abram to leave his family, to go away from everything that he knew to a place where the Lord would show him, calling him away. Again, this, this theme of, of retreat, coming away to be with the Lord. Of course, we're celebrating Lent right now. This in, is in many ways a retreat experience for the entire church. And it's based on our Lord's time in the wilderness when he left society behind for a time and spent those 40 days in prayer and in fasting. And so we're called to follow this example. And so this time of Lent, this time of the church year, is an especial time to consider, to ponder, you know, how the Lord is calling you when it comes to this notion of getting away to be with him. And I know folks, somebody's going to have some hesitancies about this. You know, like, well, I don't know, I'm not, I don't do very good getting alone for that long. Or maybe you had a good experience retreat experience in the past, but then you, you know, kind of crashed and burned afterwards, or maybe you had a retreat once and it went okay, but didn't really do too much for you, so you just really haven't engaged that again. But today, in our readings, and especially during the time of Lent, you're being called to consider this notion 
of getting away to be with the Lord. So why do we do this as Christians, as Catholics? What's the whole purpose behind this whole notion of retreat? Where did this come from exactly? Why is it so important? Why is it so life-changing, such a foundational practice of our faith? We have various examples of this in the Bible. I mentioned Abraham earlier, but there's others too. For example, Moses. The Lord began to speak to him when he went out into the wilderness. Remember, he first had that burning bush experience. And then later, when he was leading the children of Israel, he went up onto the mountaintop and experienced God and kind of got the blueprints there for the people of God and how they were to function, the laws and the like. Another example could be David. David was often out in the wilderness with his men. He knew all about getting away to be with the Lord, especially as a shepherd. So we have this beautiful psalm that's the favorite of many, Psalm 23. It kind of talks about this time of getting away with the Lord, even during darkness, in wastelands, difficulties, and being refreshed by him during this time, this whole notion of retreat. But it's not just in the scripture and the example of our Lord, his life, and various others. It's also throughout the history of the church. There's many that you could point to, but just a couple are like St. Benedict of Nursia back in the 6th century who went off in the wilderness and because of this experience developed what's known as the rule of St. Benedict, this model or this guide for that's still used by many religious orders, these missionary orders throughout the world. Or you know, another person you could point to whose life began to be changed, began to really grow in holiness through this concept of retreat, is the Venerable Louis of Granada. He's this theologian, very learned man, back in the 16th century. And yet he said that he gained more from getting away and doing spiritual exercises with the Lord than his entire lifetime of learning. Why is this so powerful? this retreat experience, getting away to be with the Lord. You know, it allows you to reflect and to put into practice in a way that your everyday life oftentimes doesn't. You know, think about how many, you've heard a, you've heard a good homily or maybe read something good in a book. You said, yeah, I should, I should do that. I do, do that little thing, add this thing to my life, this practice, some spiritual practice or calling from the Lord. But then life gets busy and you don't. You hear good things, you want to do them, make them a virtue, a habit in your life, a good habit, but you don't. But a retreat, getting away to be with the Lord, reflecting on these things, pondering them, getting them deep inside of you, figuring out and thoughtfully thinking through and planning through how you're going to begin implementing this successfully in your life on a day-to-day basis. Getting away from everything else and pondering and thinking about this allows you to actually do it, to put it into practice. St. Alphonsus Liguori, 18th century doctor of the church, said this, one single holy maxim, well ruminated, is sufficient to make a saint. Meaning one thing that you heard maybe from the scripture or good book or homily, if you ruminate on that, think about this, ponder it, it's enough to make you a saint, according to St. Alphonsus Liguori. And he cites various different saints that this has happened to. 
For example, St. Francis of Xavier, who said that his life was radically changed. Uh, He became one of the greatest missionaries of all time, converting tens of thousands of people to the church. It's been compared to St. Paul. St. Augustine would say the same thing. St. Francis of Assisi would say the same thing about this one part of scripture that jumped out at him and forever changed his life. One little thing, well ruminated on, well meditated on, according to St. Alphonsus, is enough to make you into a saint. But how can you do this well? You can do it through getting away to be with the Lord on a retreat. This is why this is so powerful, so life-changing, why so many saints and blesseds point to the beginning of their growth and holiness as getting away, doing these spiritual exercises, going on retreat, being with the Lord. It's a foundational practice of our faith. Examples in scripture and all throughout the life of the church of this life-tending potential of getting away and being with the Lord. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, Father, I agree. It sounds good and everything. I, I, I'd like to do something like that, but I've got these, I've got these issues. You know, I, I have a tough time uh, kind of getting alone and, and, and being with myself. It's just uncomfortable, t- tedious. Maybe I get bored or, or maybe, you know, I, I did that myself. I did that before. I don't know if I really want to do it again. Uh, or maybe I had a really good experience retreat and crashed and burned. Didn't work out very well. So I've got these issues. I've got these hesitancies. I don't know that I want to do that. Or, or maybe, you know, Father, I've got kids and a husband and, and a wife and job and all these things. And how in the world do you expect me to fit this into my life? How is this exactly going to work out? Well, entering into a retreat, getting there can be a little challenging, can be tough. You know, our gospel reading from Matthew 17, you know, it says in that first part of there that our Lord took them up a mountain. Tough climbing a mountain. It's painful sometimes and you sweat a lot and you work and it's not always fun in the beginning. This is kind of what a retreat can be like sometimes. I remember once I was assigned to go on an eight-day retreat. The bishop assigned this to me. Eight-day silent retreat. So uh, I remember the first few days, it was pretty brutal. I remember just kind of all these distractions and, and temptations, all these things were just cluttering, clashing in my mind. Finally, I think on day three or so, I opened up to my spiritual director, so I had human contact for one hour per day. I go to a spiritual director, kind of go through what I was telling, what I was going through, and I made a good confession. I I really truly opened up to him about what was going on. These things that were kind of like I, I was kind of caught up in shame. These these dark things I didn't want to share, and but when I opened up, this is what the devil likes. He likes to catch us in shame and think we're all by ourselves and hidden and we can't share these things. We bring things to bring these things to light, especially with like a good confessor. Uh, all the shame begins to shrivel. You start to come back to health. This took place during this retreat experience for me, and the next few days, they were wonderful. Suddenly, I could hear God's voice clearly. The scriptures, you know, opened up like like gristling, like glistening crystals of sorts. It was just. It was this, this great experience, really good. You know, if you enter into a retreat experience in the wrong way, not being willing to deal with the, these issues and things in your life, then yeah, it's going to be hard and tough. It's going to be tedious. 
If you go and make a good confession, you get ready for this properly, it'll be a wonderful and joyous and transformative experience. You know, you have a hard time, say, with, with solitude or getting alone. If you do this right, enter, do it correctly, it'll be a good experience. I guarantee it. The saints guarantee it. St. Bernard, of the 12th century, teacher of the church, he says, he who seeks God is by no means alone in solitude. He says that if you're willing to seek the Lord in this way, it's better than having the most entertaining people, the funnest people that you can think of, of being with. Transformative. He says, I was never less alone than when I was alone, meaning being with the Lord. The scripture talks about this too, this joy of being with the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 51.3 talks about uh, Zion. So Zion is kind of symbolic, the place of, of God's meeting place with his people. It says this about Zion, the sweetness that the Lord gives during these times of solitude. The Lord will comfort all her waste places and make her wilderness like Eden. So wilderness out by yourself. Her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving in the voice of song. So entering into this solitude, this aloneness in the right way, it will fill you with joy. It will be good, good experience. Uh, maybe you say, well, you know, I did that before and I don't know if I want to do it again. Well, the Lord would often call the disciples away with him. You know, Mark 6, 31 and other places. He said, come away for a time and rest. Do it again. Now, maybe you say, well, I did it and I, it was a really good experience when I was on retreat. had a mountaintop experience. It was great. But then I came down off that and things did not go well afterwards. And uh, I don't know if I want to go through that again. Well, consider, consider the disciples. You know, these, these three disciples that went up on the mountaintop and seen our Lord transfigured before them, you know, you might think they'd be forever changed from that experience. And surely they were changed and that's, this had a, a deep effect on them. And yet, they fell, all of them. According to Matthew 5, or Matthew 26, 56, after our Lord was arrested, guess how many of the disciples forsook him, left him? Matthew says all of them, all the disciples forsook him and fled. So is that it for them? No more retreats, never going to encounter this, do this again? No. After our Lord's resurrection, he came to the disciples. He told them he was ascending up into heaven. And he said, I want you to go on retreats. He said, I want you to go and gather in Jerusalem and to pray and to wait for power from on high. This is talking about Pentecost. What we think about is Pentecost. He wanted them to get away on retreat. Again, to pray, to seek the Lord, to engage in spiritual exercises. Yes, they'd fallen. Maybe you've fallen, but that's not the end. The Lord is calling you back to this place. Or maybe you say, well, Father, I'd like to do that, but I just, I don't really even know what I would do getting alone and being with the Lord in this way. Well, you might turn to Peter for encouragement. He didn't really know what to do either. There he was, the Lord is transfigured before him. And he starts talking about like making these booths and all these things. He wasn't really, really quite sure what to do. No big deal. That's okay. He was still called to be on this retreat, to be part of this. You don't know quite what to do. There's good books, there's priests and retreat directors that can help you with these things. Uh, you know, do it anyway. Or maybe you say, well, I don't really have time. How am I supposed to fit this in? 
St. Francis de Sales, this gentle doctor, 16th century doctor, he would say, start in small ways. Start by simply mentally placing yourself in the presence of the Lord from time to time throughout your day. St. Catherine of Siena, uh, lived back in the 14th century, had a big impact on the church. She had a hard time getting away to be with the Lord. She was raised in a pretty large family. Her mother had 25 children. You can imagine there was a bit of uh, noise and distraction that was taking place in that house. And so St. Catherine of Siena talked about building this little cell, this little room or a little hut in her heart where she could escape to any time that she wanted to, in spite of all the hustle and bustle and craziness around her, to be with the Lord. So mentally, she would go to this little place to be with the Lord in her heart. So taking breaks during your day to stop and go to be with the Lord, just in small ways, start in small ways, a few minutes here and there. With time, you know, you can grow and develop that, develop those spiritual exercises those spiritual muscles, and perhaps do a, a day of reflection, maybe working your way up to a weekend retreat or longer, growing and having this, this time of a way of being with the Lord. So yes, there are issues, there are challenges, things that might tempt you not to engage in this practice of the church. Uh, afraid of being alone or not sure what to do or past failures or time but say yes to the Lord, yes to getting away in spite of these things. There are ways, there are solutions for these challenges. If you want to grow close to the Lord during this Lenten season, this retreat season, consider getting away to be with him so that he can change your life, so you can meditate on these things, or maybe just one thing, that he's been calling you to. St. Teresa, this great church reformer of the 16th century, she said, or the Lord said to her, Oh, how willingly I would speak to many souls, but the world makes so great a noise in their hearts that my voice cannot be heard. Oh, if they would separate themselves a little from the world. It's the Lord calling you to separate yourself for a time from the world. Following the, exam- following the example of, of Abram and Moses and David and, and the saints, our Lord, so your life can be powerfully changed. You can grow in holiness. In spite of, of any fears or doubts, say yes to the Lord. Say yes to uh, getting away to encounter him, that your life may be changed, that he may be glorified. Amen.